I should have known that I would have Kenzie on this podcast and we would just talk about Anne the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the friend sitting in the corner like, mm, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Welcome to No Thanks, We're Booked. I'm Molly. And I'm Katie. And this is a podcast where we look at life through a bookish lens. Hey, girl. Hey. Today, I'm so, so excited because one of my real-life IRL reading friends is here on the podcast, Kenzie Clark. So excited you're here. Hi, Kenzie. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be with y'all tonight. Um, So, Kenzie... I've been wanting to have Kenzie on the podcast for a while now because, well, first of all, she's a huge Anne of Green Gables fan. So I knew that Katie and Kenzie were going to be besties. Um, We were destined to meet because we're obviously kindred spirits because anyone who likes Anne is a kindred spirit. Yeah. Absolutely. And Katie, Kenzie has been so uh, just supportive of our podcast. She's like one of our biggest cheerleaders, which makes me so happy. Like... I love People that. in my real life who don't understand <laughs> what we're doing, I'm mm-hmm. always like, Kenzie gets it, and I'll always like, <laughs> I text know. her with what's happening. Yeah, any exciting news Molly gets, she sends me a message, and I immediately freak out because yes. I understand like the gravity and the weight of it, and I'm just so pumped for her and for you yeah. guys. Oh, it's that so makes exciting. us so happy. I you love know, I just that. love books mm-hmm. and friends. Any any opportunity that's this is my thing. Any opportunity I have to talk about books and to talk about books with friends. I mean, this is this is exactly yeah. why I got involved in the online book community was to talk about books with other people. Yeah, yeah, true that. I true know it's that. such a sweet thing. I've actually met one of my best friends today. She lives in Greensboro. We met halfway at a Cracker Barrel, oh, <laughs> and we talked about books that. for like an hour. I love that. And now I have like 10 more books on my need to read list. So so another reason we wanted to have Kenzie on the podcast is because she is a special education teacher um, mm-hmm. and she just does amazing things every day. And we'll get into that more later on. But um, I just I love hearing her thoughts on books from that mm. lens. Can I first hear because I don't know how you and Kenzie know each other. Oh, like, yeah. what is your oh, friendship yeah. story? What yeah. is our friendship we, story? <laughs> we met at church. We met at church. We're in the same small group at church. Oh, okay. Yes. So yeah. it's not a long story. And I feel like, Kenzie, I, how long have I known you? I don't know, Molly. Like, how... When did I meet you? It I don't know. Been, like, I've been in Raleigh. For, I've been in Raleigh long. for two years. So probably for like yeah, a year and a half. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like I've known you longer. I know. Molly, when you have reading parties, because I know you've had a couple, yeah. has Kenzie been? Kenzie has not been to no. a, okay. a, not yet. a reading party yet. Oh, yeah, we got to change that real fast. But I'll be there real soon. Before we get into what we're currently reading, can we just talk about Anne of Green Gables? Actually, we are currently we reading, are all so it fits in perfectly. I know. Yes. Okay, so here's you what happened. <laughs> Two days ago, I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking to them soon. And then I realized, oh my gosh. I'm going to be on their podcast, and they're reading Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> so I picked up my childhood copy right here. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Can you That's see my name addition. written on the inside with my little heart? Oh, yes. my gosh. Yes. So I just picked so it up and started sweet. reading two days ago, but I'm about 
90 pages in. So Okay. okay. Well, you're wow. farther than I am. Four. Yeah, Molly's on page four. <laughs> I'm on page 20. 22. Um, See, this is so what sad. happens. I'm not working this summer because I'm a teacher, so I don't have a bedtime. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I'll just read before I go to bed. And because I love Anne so much, I stay oh, up no, so late uh, reading. So. It's so good. I, I actually, I just sounds it up this afternoon and read 20 pages this afternoon because I was like, you know, I should probably read a little bit since we agreed to read this book this month and I haven't picked it up. I just fall right back into the story and the characters mm-hmm. and I love it so much. And I right before we called you, Kenzie, I was telling Molly how even the first few pages I love because I love the way that Ellen Montgomery introduces the characters. It's so beautiful and whimsical and clever and witty, like all at the same time. Yes. Uh. Yes. Okay, wait. I have a question for both of you. Since you are big Anne of Green Gables fans, when you read this, because I'm assuming you've both reread this a few times? Yeah. Is that fair? Okay. Yes. Really? Yeah. I love it. Okay, so when you read this, is it, does it just immediately transport you into childhood? Like, do you have strong memories tied to, like, what you were doing when you first read this book? Mm -hmm. Or... Like, what is it like rereading it? I don't. But I'll tell you one thing, just rereading it this time. I feel like every time I read it, different things stick out to me. So this time, what really stuck out to me was that description of Rachel Lind in the brook. And also the description of Marilla really stuck out to me. But I remember the last time I read this book being struck by this quote when Anne says, it just makes me feel glad to be alive. It's such an interesting Mm -hmm. world. It wouldn't be half so interesting if we knew all about everything, would it? Mm -hmm. There'd be no scope for the imagination then, would there? You know what is crazy that you just said that? I literally just opened up my book to that exact quote. Because when I read that last night, I was just like, oh, I love her perspective and just the way that Anne is so bright eyed and loves life and like loves the world and yes just sees beauty I'm like oh I wish I was more like Anne she sees beauty everywhere she is a four Molly are you a, what what I number know. are you Kenzie on the Enneagram do you know I am a two you're a two yeah yes I yeah. can totally see you does that make sense yeah. Molly yeah oh yeah every time I read the book different things stick out to me but it is funny that you asked that question Molly because I don't remember the first time I read the book I remember loving it but I don't remember reading – I don't remember the experience of reading it for the first time. I think because I've read it so many times since that yeah. the first time doesn't stick out in my head. I don't know. Do you do, do you remember reading it for the first time, Kenzie? No, I feel the same way. Um, I think when I think about Anne, I remember, like, as a kid, loving the books and being so enthralled with them. But when I start to pick up the book again, it takes me more into just – the world of Anne. It doesn't really bring me back into mm-hmm. like my childhood or like what I was doing. But I kind of, as soon as I read, I start to think about book two and book three and what's going to happen. And the whole world mm-hmm. yeah. just kind of like it's envelops around you. Yeah. It's yeah. immersive more in the book versus where I was when I first read the book. Same. Sounds like Harry Potter, like how people are with Harry Potter. Again, I didn't read Harry Potter as a kid, but it seems like the same kind of reading experience where you you pick it up and you're just immediately there. It is very much, I would say it's very much like that, Molly. It's very immersive because in the same way that Hogwarts is sort of a comforting place that you want to live, so is Avonlea, this hmm. town that Ellen Montgomery has created for her characters. So you get to know all these really beautiful, eccentric, lovable 
people, some of them are eccentric, some of them aren't, but you, you know them, you get to know them so well in this world. And, and Prince Edward Island is so beautifully described. You just want to live there. Yeah. Have you ever visited <laughs> you Kenzie? You guys are getting me all pumped no, up. No, I haven't. I really, really want to go. Actually, one of my college roommates, her mom and her sister have read it so many times, and they've been twice. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm so wait, is this the friend who – you have a friend who named her child. That, yeah, that is my friend's sister. So my friend, named? my friend Madeline, her older sister, named her daughter Avonlea. I really? Love I love that, too. I might steal that if we ever have a girl. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is, like, that is serious love right there. I know. They love Anne wow. so much. What are you guys currently reading other than Anne, or is it just Anne? So I am in the summer right now, and I'm not working, so I'm reading a lot of different books at the same time. Um, and what tends yeah. to happen is I'll be reading – I'll be picking up something and someone will recommend something else. I'll pick that up and then whatever I get swept away and I kind of let take me. So right Mm -hmm. now I am currently almost done with the night circus, which Mm. I I am absolutely loving. And um, I just finished a book called today will be different by Maria Semple. She wrote, um, where'd you go Bernadette? Oh yeah. Yes. Uh So I just, I just finished that book yesterday that seems like um, a good summer one. Is that yes. newer than Where'd You Go, Bernadette, or older? I think it is newer. Okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken, but I liked it. Um, I don't. I didn't love it as much as I loved Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Um, but it's kind of the same like neurotic character, chaos, mm-hmm. things going wrong. Um, but she has a really great way of kind of framing the story, and as you get to know the characters, you love them. Um, but it, I loved mm-hmm. Where'd You Go, Bernadette so much more. Um, and then I just put a book down. I don't think I'm going to finish it. It's called Modern Lovers. Have you guys heard of it? I've never heard of it. Is that the it. one by Emma Staub? Yes. Yes. I picked it up in the library maybe two weeks ago, and I got about halfway through it, but I just not loving it. And I, either this is not hmm. the season for me to read it, or I just might not ever pick it back up. So I put it down, and I think I'm yeah, going to. What, what are you not loving about it? I don't love the characters. Mm. I'm oh, not that very makes invested in them. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, just not Katie, invested in them. Ken- Kenzie is really similar to us in that she's a character driven reader, but yeah. also like mem- remember Kenzie when we read The Nest and we were both oh. like, eh, yes. because the characters were so distanced yes. from or it's that that omniscient point of view, which can be done well, but rarely is, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah. So it, is that kind of how it was? Yeah. I mean I think that the author did a good job of explaining the backstory and the history and who the people were, but I just couldn't get really invested in them. And it was told from their perspective from different people. So each chapter was different of like whose perspective it was coming from. Um, but it just wasn't for me. And then on audiobook, I'm listening to Echo. Have you guys read Echo? <gasps> yes. Oh, yes. And we've talked about it on the podcast, I, I think. The audiobook yeah. is, the, is one of the best I've ever read or listened to. I'm loving it. I've already cried, and I have five hours left to go, but I'm so loving it. But as soon as, like, you get close to a character, it was like, oh, next one. I'm sure there's some brilliant way that they're all brought together, beautiful crescendo yeah. of something, and I'll probably weep <laughs> driving in the car. Yes. I love the you used the language that you said crescendo because it just feels so 
that feels right? so like the book so because it's, the book is so musical. It's the the book is so musical. It's the perfect descriptor. Yeah. I love yeah, the audiobook yeah. too because the, the harmonica that you can hear and the singing. Yeah, oh, it's just so beautiful. So that's Every- what I'm currently reading. Everyone that I've ever heard talk about the audiobook for Echo says that it is one of the most amazing audiobooks that they've, yeah. that they've listened to. High high production value for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I really want to listen to it. I own it. Yeah. I just need You to. own the book. Okay. I oh, own, and you've already own, physically well, read it. I physically it. read the book, which and I loved it, but I just haven't I have I own the audiobook as well. And I have But that's perfect for you, Katie, because you can listen to it and not feel like you have to pay attention to every little piece. I know. It's mm-hmm. the perfect way for me to listen to an audiobook is having already read the book because I'm not much of an audiobook listener. Um, speaking of musical books, I am I'm pulling I'm pulling my book out. I don't know why. Like I you're guess on a, it's that booktuber like book thing. <laughs> but I'm reading the ensemble and I'm still not very far. I haven't read anything in like a week, but um, the ensemble by I really wish I had researched how to say this author's name. It's A.J.A. Gabel. Yeah. Is it? Um, I, I'm, not, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to. I would butcher it if I tried to say yeah, it. Yeah. I'll have the yeah. link in the show notes, but it's a it's a musical book. That's all I really know about it. I do have this fear that it, after talking to Kat from Katha Reads, Katie, um, I have this fear that it might be a little bit like The Nest in how mm. the characters are, um, I don't know. Like, it seems like you're kind of, it, it might be the kind of story where you're, like, watching from above. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yep. Like, and, and sometimes that works well. Like, with The Night Circus, I feel like it works really well. Um, Although I didn't but, love The Night Circus because of that. And I'm oh, one of the few, like, I'm, I didn't. didn't. I didn't love The Night Circus because I felt too removed from the characters. I did not care what okay. happened to them. I didn't care. I don't, say, I don't think the Night Circus was. I don't think the Night Circus was necessarily a page turner for me, but I still loved it. Like I read yeah. it pretty slowly. Yes, it was same. very. I loved the atmosphere of the Night Circus. Yeah. Yes. But I didn't care about the characters. I was like, I don't care. That's I do fair. not. I am not invested in this romance. I. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I but I also fair. know it's a really unpopular opinion. Most people. Yeah. Are I don't crazy know. I feel like people are like. I feel like some people love it and some people are just not that into it. But I feel the same, Molly. I've had it for about yeah. three weeks um, mm-hmm. and I'm like almost towards the end. It's good and I like it, but it's not for me. It's not a page turner. Yeah. 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 I think I picked um, it up thinking it was going to be a page turner. Yeah. That'll affect your. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have an expectation like that, you know? Mm. Yeah. But Molly, with the ensemble. I feel like I get that impression from the book without ever having read it. And I think maybe that's why I haven't been super yeah. jazzed to pick it up because I don't even right. know why. I, it's not like I've heard a ton of people talk about it. Well, I know that Anne Bogle on Modern Mrs. Darcy, um, she said it was like one of her favorite books of the year. Yeah. And wow. so I was like, oh, I got to pick it up. I got to pick it up. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm hopeful. Like, I read the first 10 pages or so, and I like the writing style. So yeah, yeah. I'm hopeful. But what are you reading, Katie, other than – are you reading anything other than Anne? I am. I'm reading two other things. I'm still getting through Fool's Errand, which is the first book in the Tawny Man trilogy, which is part of Robin Hobb's Realm of the Elderlings, huge 
universe of <laughs> trilogies. It's really, really good. I'm finally getting towards the end, and all I want to do is read it because it's finally – I feel like with all of her books, and they're really chunky books, it takes about half the book to really start seeing where the story is going. There's a lot of buildup, but now – I'm almost oh. to the end, and I'm like, I just need to know what's going to happen next. It's gotten really, really good. So I'm I'm loving that. And then I'm also reading um, Crazy Rich Asians, which <gasps> What is do you like, think? Do you love it? Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay, so this is what I'm going to say. I'm so surprised that you love it. I, I love it, not, too. I did not know you guys were going to love this. Okay, I want to hear more. Okay, well, here's the thing. I, I recognize, like, I do not think the writing is great like the writing is actually pretty mediocre but it's like eating potato chips or like Mm -hmm. reading a gossip magazine it's like just it's so gossipy and um like a really like a really really expensive bag of potato chips (laughs) (laughs) yes there you go like 24 karat gold and crusting on the (laughs) potato chips (laughs) Yes. I am shocked though because to be honest, I don't I didn't get that feeling that it was like a gossip magazine or I like I don't know. For for a little bit it was like a page turner, but then there's so much detail, which is part of the reason why it's such a great book because you can visualize this like insane rich group of people like how they live their lives. It's so out there from how we live obviously but um it's I don't know that something about the detail it was almost like too much for me like I couldn't I don't know I couldn't I couldn't get into it quite to that level really I did enjoy it but I don't think it was it wasn't the same kind of contemporary read for me where and maybe it's because the romance was lacking for me maybe that's I I didn't really love the romance you didn't buy Nick and and Rachel not really not really why do you think that was I think that Nick just really annoyed me this is weird too because when I finished the book I was like oh that was a pretty good book and the more I sat with it the more I was like no I have issues with some of some of the characters like I really I don't want to say too much because you're still reading it Katie and you know for the listeners (laughs) um but I'm like oh yeah people are listening to this uh but I feel like Nick's attitude about introducing Rachel to his family felt so naive to me. Like, I just, oh, that's, like that's all I'm going to say about that. So I'm only about 100 pages into it, so they ha- he hasn't introduced her. But I do know that he didn't tell his family about her, and he's telling her that everything's going to be fine, and I can already yeah. tell that it's not going to be fine because Eleanor, well, you can just, his mom, yeah, is, yeah. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I just realized he's totally a seven on the Enneagram. I know you're not supposed to type people or characters, but uh, that's what Why I Why can't would... you type characters? They're not real <laughs> I guess life. we can type characters. <laughs> you can type characters all you want. <laughs> I bet that Nick is a seven you do. on the Enneagram. What do you think? Because he seems what do you like think he Rachel avoids is? hard things. Like, he seems like he avoids... Is he kind of a good yeah. time Charlie? Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Anyway, anyway... <laughs> So you didn't love I'm glad you're liking it. I guess I didn't. Like, as we're talking about this, I'm realizing that I had I had some beef with it, I think. But Kenzie, did you did you like it, Kenzie? I did. I agree with you that I didn't think the writing was incredible. 
but I felt like I was eating a great, great bag of potato chips, and I wanted to finish it. <laughs> I read I them all. Read I read the other books. all three of the books last summer um, oh when gosh. I was off of work too. So it was like a perfect summer read. You yes. know? Are, Are you excited about the movie? Yes, I don't have any expectations though. I haven't thought much That's about it. That's probably good. So I don't know. I just hope it lives up to the book. But movies never really live up to the book, in my opinion. So they never do. I mean, I am usually okay with adaptations, as long as I go in not expecting. Yeah, the yeah. book. Right. And I, the thing that I don't like is I feel like as long as you have the same tone. That's what I want. I want the same tone, and I don't want crazy things changed. It's why I had a huge problem with Anne with an with E. Anne with an E? I was just about to ask you that because I cannot watch it. I watched Anne the first episode, an e. and I was like, you've destroyed this world. Yeah. The, uh, the feel is entirely different. Absolutely. It does not feel at all like the book. The character of Anne is different. I watched the first episode and I was like, I can't do this. You've destroyed Anne. You've destroyed this beautiful world. And then I, I, I literally couldn't watch it after that. I hate watched it. And I'll probably hate watch the second season too. <laughs> but here's the thing. Oh I, I really loved um, the cinematography. And I loved Green Gables. Like the set design for Green Gables was so beautiful. I was like, I want to live there. I want to live in this vision of Green Gables, even though it felt very sort of fixer-upper, like Joanna Gaines had decorated it, which is a little unrealistic, <laughs> given that it's supposed to be from the, you know, late 19th century. But yes. I should have known that I would have Kenzie on this podcast, and we would just talk about Anne the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the friend sitting in the corner, like, mm. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move on to our Patreon question. Every episode, we try to answer one um, question from a Patreon. Patron. Patron from Patreon. Um, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash no thanks we're booked. How many times can I say Patreon? <laughs> um, so Chrissy gave us some excellent, excellent would you rather questions. I don't even know. I mean, they're so good. Okay. Would you rather read one book per year and remember everything about it or read a hundred books per year and remember absolutely nothing? <gasps> what? I know. I know. I can't Chrissy, answer this. It's too hard. It's just cruel. I guess I'd rather read one book a year and remember everything about it. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Imagine just, the pressure, though. You probably wouldn't even enjoy the book because you'd be like, well, I better enjoy this since I only got one <laughs> shot. And I'm going to remember every moment. <laughs> yeah. That sounds horrible. Oh Chrissy, why would you do this to us? <laughs> I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw another one out there real quick. Um, okay. Would you rather get locked in a library or a bookstore? I think I'd want to go library. Tell me why library over bookstore. I'm curious because well, I feel thinking, like the choice. I guess I'm wondering like how long I'm going to be locked up in there <laughs> because <laughs> there are plenty of books in a library and there's lots of like little twists and turns. I could like, I don't know, just get lost in the library. It because... depends on the library and the bookstore. Yeah, that's true. 
That's I mean, true. our library say, doesn't have twists and turns, no. but it does have computers. So if you get tired of reading, you could do something Ooh. else. Ooh, yeah, game changer. See, right there. there's a place in Asheville. I was in Asheville this past weekend, yes. and the Book Exchange. Oh my gosh, I would get I locked love it in there because you Katie, could be nuzzled you would love in this by place. a little. Oh, by the what is it? It's like it's a it's a wine bar and wine bar book bookstore. And it's incredible. Like, it's a beautiful place. And it's just, mm-hmm. like, just weaving in and out of shelves everywhere. Oh, I everywhere. love that. Like, there is yeah. seating all in the bookstore. And you could literally just be turning corners. And it's just bookshelves. And there's a leather chair where someone can sit and have wine and read a book. And it's just a delightful awesome. place. This yeah. sounds I'd like a brilliant business opportunity for other places in the country. Oh yeah, it I've tried. I've like tried to do that in Raleigh. I've can legitimately I, tried. Can I tell you that I just? I think someone started following us. I don't know if it was on our No Thanks for Booked Instagram account or whether it was my personal Instagram account, but someone started following me on Instagram who owns a reading retreat center. Um, <gasps> I'm gonna have to go there right now. Yes. So see you guys Wait, later. So no did you look into it? I did. I went to their website. They. It sounds. I Amazing. have to go there. Like, there's all sorts of, there's, like, different cozy rooms, and, what? like, they offer different, like, sort of reading it's opportunities. Like a spa for readers? Yes, and they ha- <laughs> they have spa services as well, so, like, you could stop, stop reading and get a massage. Does that wow. not sound Self-care. like the most incredible thing ever? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds That's like my amazing. kind of vacation. I know. And, but here's the thing. I exited out of the website. And I can no longer find him no. on Instagram. Right now. <gasps> no. Are you serious? Okay, yes, this no. is a serious like PSA right now, um, listeners. <laughs> our one goal is to find this person. I was gonna say this isn't sponsored, but like we'll leave the links in the show notes. <laughs> but now we can't find it. That's tragic. It's really Maybe tragic. Maybe you dreamt it. Maybe this is all in your mind, and we just need to like. Maybe this is the business idea that we really need to run with okay so switching gears (laughs) we're like we're feisty tonight i feel like i've also had a glass of wine okay so moving on to our main topic of of the of the night i mean kenzie i'll let you kind of say in your own words but basically talking about disability and how it's portrayed in media and books and this is like a big topic to unpack here and we're gonna try and do it since we've eaten up 40 minutes talking about other things, <laughs> talking about reading retreat centers. So maybe let's start out talking about what you do, Kenzie. Yes. Yeah, so um, I am a special education teacher in um, Raleigh, North Carolina, and for the past two years I've been with um, a self-contained class with kindergarten through second grade students, and actually in a week and a half, I'm starting at a middle school. So I'll be with self-contained middle school, six through eight. And I'm beyond thrilled um, and just can't wait for that opportunity. So I think the world of disability and people with disabilities um, is marginalized and they're often forgotten. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I think I've really been struck by over the last several years, especially as a teacher, is the lack of representation in literature of people with disabilities being the main character, being the heroine, being Mm -hmm. the hero, being the main author through which you see the lens. Um, I actually read a really interesting article on Book Riot um, 
by disability representation in literature by um, an author who has a disability. And I think that she said that as a child growing up, like she can never see herself as the main character in a story. Um, Mm. And I think that is such a huge thing to give respect and honor to someone in that way. Um, Yeah. So I think like, have you guys ever read a book that had a person with disability in it or even as the main character? I feel like the only book that really comes to mind for me is Me Before You by Jojo Moyes. And I hated that book. And I know that it had a lot of negative feedback from that community. Same. So same. Yeah. What about um, that other book you read, Katie, about the woman who was in a plane crash? Or no, that was a nonfiction. No, but still, how to walk away? It was a fiction book. Um, Yeah, she she's learning to live with. um, She loses the use of her legs, Mm. and it's about her. Have you read it yet, Kenzie? Have you heard of it? I've heard of it, but I haven't read it yet. I would love to know what you think of it because I haven't. I haven't heard many people, I, I haven't read any reviews of people from people who are, um, who have a disability or who um, work with people who have disabilities, but I loved it and it's what I wanted when I read Me Before You because she learns not just to survive but to thrive. Mm. And, and I, I just, I really love, I just loved her as a character and I loved the story and I loved that, um, and this is maybe a spoiler, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I feel like I should, she's not all of a sudden miraculously healed from, yeah. Yeah. So I, I really loved that book, but I'm trying to think of, I think it's really one of the things that strikes me just is the lack of representation in children's books. I mean, adult yes. books too, yeah. but children's books. Necessarily. Yeah, I can't think of any. And I can't think of any. Wonder, I mean, Wonder yeah, like by Wonder, RJ Palacio. Yeah, Wonder's an incredible book. Um, I think there are some like middle grades books, like Mockingbird is one that's, I actually really liked Mockingbird. Um, one book I do love, have you read The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime? No, but I've, I've, I've heard wanted of that to. one. Yeah. So honestly, I loved that book because the main character um, is a boy with autism and it's told from his point of view and it is mm-hmm. so well written and incredibly done. And from knowing many people and having friends with autism, it's it really was a picture of a main character who could mm. speak and think and the way that the author like even wrote out his thoughts and the way he processed things. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is incredible. And I felt like it was a book that should be more read, especially among like middle school, high school. I think that there is a lack of representation, but also in some books, there's a lack of accurate and respectful representation mm, because yeah. sometimes they can be people with disabilities can be displayed, but it's not in a respectful or an honoring way. Um, mm-hmm. Or not in a very accurate way. It's just someone mm-hmm. kind of wants to put someone in this book. Oh, they have a disability and they kind of automatically fall into the category of pity. Which mm-hmm. is really hard for me and I really struggle with that. Um, and a lot of books don't use person first language. Which is putting the person before the disability. Um, so, yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit more, Kenzie? Because I feel like that's something that I learned recently. 
that makes a lot of sense, but I don't think a lot of people know about that. Yeah, so for the majority of the people that I know, um, it's definitely, I would say within the last three or four years, been a push essentially to speak about the person before you speak about their disability, to say like mm. the, the child with Down syndrome. Um, because like if you had diabetes, you wouldn't be like the diabetes girl. Like you wouldn't say that about a person. Right. And so a lot of people yeah. categorize people based on their disability. Some people in the autism community who are higher functioning don't necessarily care about person first language, but a lot of people, more than not more people that I know really care about it. And it can be very, very hurtful. Um, for a lot of, especially adults and teenagers that I know, um, when they're not referred to in that way, where, where they're seen as their disability more than they are who they are as a person. Right. Like it becomes yeah. their entire identity rather than just one aspect of who they are. Yeah. Also, caveat, also I'm by no means an expert <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And there are so many people who are more educated on this matter than I am. But I do think yeah. it's a really important conversation that needs to be had. Um, yeah. especially within the literary community, because I think like when I'm reading stories to my students, my students are never the main characters. Right. And I want my students to read books where they're the main characters and where they yeah. see themselves represented in a book. Um, so I think it's a conversation that definitely should be happening um, to honor them and give them dignity and respect, just like you would with any other character in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some books, Kenzie, that you have read that you feel like portray people with disabilities really well, or maybe books that you would tell people to steer clear from? Yeah, so I definitely think you should, everyone should read The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Um, I think it's a really wonderful depiction, um, and I think Wonder, Wonder's also really great. Mm -hmm. The school that I worked at last year, all the fourth graders would read the story and they would talk about how choosing kind is better than choosing being right. Um, I think that was really, really beautiful. Um, mm. Out of My Mind by Sharon Draper is also a book that I really love. Um, What's that one about? Highly recommend. Have you not heard of it? So it's about a girl named Melody, and she doesn't have the ability to walk or talk, but she has a photographic memory, and mm. she remembers everything that she has experienced. And she's so much more intelligent than the people around who are trying to diagnose her. Mm. Um and she's in an integrated classroom in school, and she's more intelligent than all of her classmates, but everyone dismisses her. Mm. And, oh, gosh, it's just a really beautiful and really well-written story. One of my um, good friends who lives in Chicago, who's a special ed teacher, she um, recommended the book to me, and I absolutely loved it. Um, so I would definitely say those three books for sure. Um, and the thing is, I was even realizing the other day, is I don't feel like I've read enough fiction about people with disabilities as the main character. I've read a lot of random books where like it's someone I know or a friend's friend talking about like, I have Down syndrome. This is who I am. And it, I think in a lot of communities with people with disabilities and their families, they write books about their child and they write books about themselves because they want their child to be able to take this book to their school and to read with their classmates. But like, this is who I am. This is the disability that I have. But mm -hmm. what would it look like if there were already books written like that, that mm -hmm. they could read as a class, you know? And I really been thinking a lot about how our, we're really big on our world 
our awareness. We're very aware of disabilities. We're very aware of people with autism and Down syndrome. And I think we're becoming more aware of universal design for access for people. But there's not a lot of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just was really thinking, what if there were books that children were reading, like, from a very young age where people with disabilities were the main character or in the story and respectfully and accurately portrayed, like how would that change people's perceptions? How could Mm -hmm. that change the world? How could that change people into accepting people to just be their friend and to get to know them and to know their heart? Um, And how would that change the future? Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of people and a lot of friends that I have with disabilities don't get jobs because people have low expectations and don't really have an accurate understanding Yes. Of who yeah. they are. And so it's just, it's been really, just put a fire in me, I think. Yeah. Um, I and, love that, Kenzie, yeah. because you are, are st- I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but like you are kind of making that difference in your classroom and with your love of books, having that perspective that you have and that, that love that you have for this specific community is just like, it's really inspiring, I think. Kenzie, do you feel like you would ever want to write a fiction book with that represented it? (laughs) I think I've I've thought about it. I actually had a dream about it one night. This is so (gasps) random. I had a dream. I'll tell you. I had a dream where it was like, kind of like in New York somewhere. It was like almost like a brownstone and someone ran out on the street to like get their child who was mm-hmm. like running away. Um, I have, I know several people of children with autism and that's a really big problem is can be escaping and like getting out of the house. And I had that dream of this woman going out and then seeing this man in the middle of the street and taking her child. And then I, it was like me like typing on my computer. It was such a weird dream. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it totally right now? means you're going to write a book. Um, but I feel like honestly, if I did, I would want someone with a disability to be a co-author and to write it with mm, me. Yes. That's yeah, a, that's, that's awesome. an I want amazing idea. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. So maybe coming at you um, in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who knows? Yes. We'll be I, interviewing you as an author. Oh, gosh. It'll be crazy. Also, by the way, Mockingbird, Mockingbird by Catherine Erskine is also a really beautiful book. I own that one. You do? You I do. Oh. Yeah. You need to read oh it. gosh. It's about um, a girl who um, – has autism and her brother dies and he's the only one who really knows her and can, I don't know, they have like a really beautiful relationship and his, her brother like kind of explains the world to her. And so then when, when he's gone, it's her kind of figuring out the world all over again. It's a really beautiful story. Awesome. All the links to all of these titles will be in the show notes, by the way, for listeners wanting to pick these up is there just as much value do you think in getting fiction books as nonfiction books is there more nonfiction available than fiction at this point and so would you like to see more fiction in the hands of kids do you kind of know what I'm asking I'm really absolutely struggling yes to think- I think that at this time there are more f- nonfiction books and I think there's books like I said that have just been written by people and individuals and their families Um, I would love to see more fiction being written, especially for younger readers, um, because I feel like they're forming a lot of their opinions about the world and their understanding of the world. Um, And if they are able to have like 
a really great understanding of someone with a disability where they can see them and value who they are. I think that Mm -hmm. that would do so much for inclusivity and for acceptance of them into, into the world. I mean, even being an elementary school special ed teacher, I saw some children who opened their arms to my students. I saw some children who opened my arms, who opened their arms to my students, but they saw them as like less than or like kind of like Mm. a baby doll or something Mm. to, you know, be looked at. And then I saw some that were very disrespectful and would say things and they're five, six, seven years old. Um, So I think that would be teaching empathy. Yeah, absolutely. Teaching empathy, understanding. Um, And I think when you read someone else's voice, you can put yourself in their space. And I think that that does so much to open people's eyes and minds to understanding, oh, this is a little bit more. Like, did you have you guys read Eleanor Oliphant? It's completely fine. <gasps> yes. Yes, and okay. we love it. I love Eleanor. I love her so much. I was going to so bring much. that up. I was going to bring that up and ask you if you felt like that was a book. I don't know. Based on her life and her childhood. And um, I think that she lacked a lot of social skills. I don't, I couldn't. I don't know if she was did was on the spectrum. I'm not going to say I don't want to speak into what the author thought. But I think that, like, for people who have read that book, the way that Eleanor thinks and the way that you hear her speak and the mm-hmm. interactions, you you're, you understand where she's coming from. But yeah, if you yeah. didn't read that book or if you only saw, like, the movie of it and you didn't hear her thoughts, you'd be like, who is this woman? What is she doing? Right. And right. so I think books like that where that you can really tease apart, like, this is the thought process. This is the action. This is why yeah. this person is doing this. I think that is so helpful and clarifying for so many people. I remember thinking about being in elementary, middle, and high school. And besides reading about characters that might have had a physical disability, other than that, like, and there were small references, I cannot recall one book I read in school or as a child. Um at all who had a disability until I was yeah. older until I was in college and that's when I started kind of discovering and picking out books a little more thoughtfully yeah. I feel like when I started my YouTube channel it was this is kind of embarrassing for me to admit because I'm almost 30 but I, I mean it just it took me a really long time to learn that like just to see my privilege in in the simple fact that I have always been able to identify with the character of a lot of the books that I read and to to say that like just kind of understanding how important that is for people to see themselves in the books that they read in the tv shows that they watch just in media in general it's so so crucial it's Mm -hmm. so crucial and I love that you're bringing awareness to that and I feel like if any of our listeners out there have have strong I don't know if if you also have a passion for this, send us um, an email at no thanks for booked dot com. Wait, sorry, no thanks, no for, thanks for booked at gmail dot com, yeah. um, <laughs> and let us know. And we'll leave Kenzie's, we'll leave all of Kenzie's um, information, social media links and stuff, so you can uh, stalk her online <laughs> um, and ask her questions. I guess my hope in all of this is to start a conversation. Of yeah. what would it look like if there were more books, more authors, more authors with disability writing. Um, and more variety, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
I mean, even the books we've talked about, there's been sort of a, a handful of of different disabilities represented in books, but I'd, I'd really like to see more. And yeah. have it across genres, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Across genre would also be amazing. That yeah. would be. I Because we, we all the books we've talked about tonight are contemporary. Let's yeah. get a fantasy book. Yes. That'd be really cool. I know. I, I need to it. look more and do – I need to do, like, a thorough research to see if there is anything out there. But from my knowledge, there is some, but, but not a lot. Yeah. Hopefully there will be one day. Yeah. And, you know, if any of our listeners have any good recommendations, send them our way. Yeah, I was going to sure. say that too. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks, Kenzie, for being here and talking with us and sharing your heart and your love for books. Um, we are so glad that you found us. We hope that you will stick around and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, and make sure to leave a review on iTunes. That's how we gain uh, visibility for our podcast. Um, you can stalk us on the internet at nothanksforbook.com um, and you can find all of the links to our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook pages there. Um, and if, like I said earlier, if you'd like to support our podcast, don't forget to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nothanksforbooked. Um, if you pay $2 or more, you can become a wallflower um, which will make sense if you hop on over to that page. You can be a part of our bi-monthly book club. This right. month, what we're reading is I Am, I Am, I Am by Maggie O'Farrell. But in the future, if you're part of our book club, you'll be able to help us choose the book. So hop on over yeah. to Patreon if you're interested. Again, feel free to send us emails at nothanksforbooked at gmail.com. We'd love to know what you think about how disability is portrayed in media. If you have any um ideas or book recommendations we'd love we'd love it if you would send it our way and we'll make sure to connect you with Kenzie too all right so I want to close our time with a little Anne of Green Gables quote (laughs) because I were with you're with a true kindred spirit kindred spirit and this is the quote kindred spirits are not so scarce as I used to think it's splendid to find out there are so many of them in the world oh I feel like I'm watching a friendship blossom when you talk about Anne. (laughs) It makes me so happy. Okay, continue. So until next time, friends, stay Stay good.